0: Welcome to Let Me Read To You, an audio experience featuring readings from my personal recommended books, backed by calming, relaxing, soothing jazz music, creating an immersive experience for you to gain some wisdom, but for your nervous system to also be soothed. So sit back, relax, listen, and heal. Hey, my loves, welcome to the second episode of Let Me Read to You. This episode, I'm going to be reading an excerpt from Aaron Fisher's The Way of Tea. I'll be reading the chapter Quietude, pages 117 to 124. We cannot act rightly. And effectively unless we are in the habit of laying ourselves open to the leadings of the divine nature of things we must draw in the goods of eternity in order to be able to give out the goods of time but the goods of eternity cannot be had except giving up at least a little of our time to silently waiting for them this means that the life in which ethical expenditure is balanced by spiritual income must be a life in which action alternates with repose, speech with alertly passive silence. The Perennial Philosophy by Aldous Hexley. Quietude is perhaps the most important aspect of the way of tea. If one is busy chatting and the mind is running, then which part of oneself is enjoying the tea? Who can chat about the weather and really taste a tea deeply at the same time? If one is drinking precious and rare tea, the experience must not be wasted. Fine teas are appreciated much better in silence. The conversation between the tea and oneself is far more important than anything that needs to be said out loud, if one wishes to listen. In this modern age, everything, everywhere seems to lead the senses outward and away from oneself. Don't be afraid to be quiet. Find the time for peace and introversion, and life will have new meaning of course a big part of tea is a celebration of friendship sharing time and a common passion with others however no matter what your approach to tea is as a hobby pastime or spiritual journey progress is founded on the ability to quiet yourself if you wish to develop your palate and discriminate quality. Or if you really want to fully enjoy a cup of tea, you'll need to learn to shut the mind off for some time. This is essential to proper brewing and drinking alike. When brewing tea, your state of mind plays a large role in how the tea will turn out. As so many of us have found on those days when we are rushed or frustrated by the comings and goings of life. And when drinking, the subtler flavors, textures, aromas, and sensations all require some relaxation, which begins with quiet. Even those who drink tea purely as an outlet for a bit of pleasure and relaxation will find their sessions so much more rewarding if they have a bit of quiet time and space within which to enjoy their cup of tea. My grandmother drinks a mug of tea made from a tea bag each evening. There's nothing fancy about it, but she always asks us not to disturb her. And when we see her face leaning back in her chair and slowly sipping her tea, it's obvious that she is completely relaxed. And I'd say that has as much if not more to do with the quiet time as the tea through many years of drinking tea and spending time with those that drink tea i have found that even those that approach tea as a hobby or a bit of warm refreshment on a cold night even they really aren't seeking the leaf just for its own sake the hobbyists and collectors may enjoy arguing the nuances of particular vintages or the history of tea but when they drink it they are often really seeking the quiet comfort it offers them in the modern world everything continues to speed up we move about our lives in faster and faster ways technology always groping for ways to make everything quicker and less conscious In such a stream, many people will find it all too difficult to cease the rat race for long enough to even practice meditating. However, most can find the time to drink tea once a day. Through conversations with many people who enjoy drinking tea regularly, I have come to find that most of them really crave this quiet, peaceful time to themselves as much as they do the tea itself. Deep in their minds, the tea is in part a symbol for the refuge that they seek from a life in the hectic modern world, with all of its trials and tribulations. The cars and planes buzz by, but they look out as if from a bubble of silence in their houses. The raging river flowing just outside disappears and only some leaves and water remain. Even the idea itself is profoundly tempting. Sometimes when people become uncomfortable in the silence of a tea session, they will ask silly questions that they don't really care to have answered, just to make small talk. One of my teachers always responds to this by extolling the rarity of the experience. He says that those old teas we are drinking were first produced in such limited amount and then stored for so many years carefully by many hands passing them on some of which since have died and in the future these very rare and expensive teas will not exist they will just be photos and books for future tea lovers to wonder about All of those people would love to travel back to our time to share this experience with us, he jokes. Therefore, out of reverence and respect to the extreme preciousness and rarity of these leaves, we are quiet, focusing fully on the tea. Our questions aren't stupid, he reminds us. Let's just save them for later. For now, let us concentrate on enjoying the tea, fully aware of as many tones and shades of it as we can, so that it couldn't be said that such treasured liqueur was wasted. And this could be applied equally to any loose leaf tea, no matter its rarity or vintage, for every tea required a lot of work on the part of the farmer, not to mention all that went into getting these leaves from the farm to your pot. Intellectual curiosity is fine. We all have a desire to learn, but save it for the times you're not actually drinking tea. For those times are better spent paying attention to the tea at hand. Usually we start a tea session with some lighter teas and a bit of conversation before moving onto higher quality leaves. Sometimes when one of us who has been coming around long enough to know better gets uncomfortable and starts trying to chit chat, which happens to all of us at some point. My teacher will simply raise his eyebrow, reach below him and grab the gaiwan or pot of whatever oolong or other tea we are drinking earlier and switch it with the deeper one we're having now without saying a word he is basically admonishing us as if this switching itself says okay you want to chit chat no problem but not with this tea if we are to talk let's not waste this very rare tea let's instead drink the more common one since the tea isn't going to be the focus of our day so are you drinking your teas fully Are you there with the experience completely? Or is it just the background for other activities, conversations, or even internal contemplation? If you are with the tea, then you are quiet. To learn to appreciate all aspects of a tea, the mind must be still. The subtleties within different teas are endless and reflect perfectly the subtleties within the mind learning to become more sensitive not only improves the taste and smell of the tea but the way in which the experience of drinking it changes our lives as long as one approaches the tea with unaffectedness the quietness within the tea will invariably follow just by drinking good tea in quiet then the mind learns to be more peaceful and sensitive so that we may better enjoy the subtler sensations, flavors and aromas within the leaves. It is not the act, belief, ceremony or technique that brings mindfulness. It is in the plant itself and the reverence one brings to the drinking of it. Just by maneuvering the tea through whatever ceremony one chooses, the way is achieved. This is because the quality inherent in the mind slash T is enough. The mind will center itself naturally without effort. Finding the way to do something in harmony with its essential nature, in harmony with our own inner way as it unfolds is more than just our own personal Tao. It is the Tao. Where else may we find the eternal If not in harmony within ourselves once people begin talking all the aspect of their egos come to the surface and all too often the conversation leads to debate even if it is about tea itself of course not all conversations are thus and there are many we can chat with freely and comfortably spreading calm joy however when people And talk mix it is very easy to lose the T in favor of the conversation disconnecting to connect it is amazing but most of us need to disconnect from various outlets in order to even begin connecting with our very selves there is a constant nagging need to plug in to all the quicker and faster ways to make our lives electronic as well as more and more externalized. We email and text message before we phone and it seems strolling through an urban center as if no one even takes the time to look at each other's eyes anymore. With tea, it's the same. People rarely want to take the time needed to have a tea ceremony each day. And even those that do often cannot shut off the internal dialogue choosing instead to record the whole event in notebooks and blogs for others to scrutinize, analyze, and argue over the trivialities. Faceless, we have internet and telephone avatars, little cartoons and pet names that take the place of a real human contact. The average person in these times will spend more time gazing into a television than they will the faces of those they love. And having grown up in America, I am no different. One of the saddest facts of my existence came to light when I realized one day that I had forgotten the color and beauty of my great-grandmother's eyes, who had lived until I was about eight or nine years old. Though, I will never forget the theme song to MacGyver or the color of the main character's eyes. Even commercial jingles are sometimes more clearly a part of my childhood consciousness than the people I walked with. Needless to say, I don't own a TV these days. In discussing the philosophy and poetic inspiration of thoughts revolving around the Tao, the simplicity and stillness such a life engenders, John Blofeld poetically says that no matter what level of our understanding, A mind fed on words such as heaven, earth, dew, essence, cinnabar, moonlight, stillness, jade, pearl, cedar, and winter plum is likely to have a serenity not to be found in minds ringing with the vocabulary of the present age, computer, tractor, jumbo jet, speedball, pop, Dollar, liquidation, napalm, overkill. Who would thrill at the prospect of rocketing to the moon in a billion dollar spacecraft if he knew how to summon a shimmering gold and scarlet dragon at any time of the day or night and soar among the stars? Similarly, a mind filled with simplicity and harmony, tea, and the quiet it instills will help us to leave behind the rat race and develop tranquility, harmony with nature, the movement away from the world and all its turmoil, returning to the place where words like dew and jade make sense again. A big part of Cha Dao is learning to have some time to disconnect from all of the world of dust Most of the people who come to the tea houses I like to frequent, first thing when they arrive, shut off their cell phones. We must practice disconnecting from the TV, movies, internet, our work in the world, finding a way to make a little room for the tea ceremony to breathe in. A human being cannot live a healthy life if periods of stillness are not interspersed amongst activity and in fact a lot of sickness represented by humankind itself is due to a collective disregard for stillness a big part of taoist thought revolves around quietism and naturalism watching nature we see that everything moves in cycles of activity and rest and those forces without periods of stillness interspersed amongst the movement are always off balance and quickly burn up. Brushing the dust of the world aside will create a little bit of peace and cleanliness in our day. Clean of all the noise and clutter. No one need to share it. No one need even know. We just sit and be with our tea enjoying it fully. The taste is deeper the aroma more fragrant, and the energy in our bodies more imminent. And as I have already mentioned, the one who brews the tea is more important than any other aspect of the ceremony. All of the best leaves, teaware, and a gorgeously peaceful tea room won't help if the one brewing isn't steeped in the Tao. So by practicing peace, your skill at brewing and appreciating tea will improve. If we are in a rush, our tea will taste messy and the energy will only further these emotions in those that drink it. We must calm down, play some relaxing music, do some breathing meditations, find a way to clear the mind as we approach our tea each day. Let the Tao prepare the tea and we can just sit back and enjoy. One of my teachers always discusses the peace and quiet so needed in every life, yet passed by on the way to and from some illusion thought to be of greater importance his tea shop is just 50 feet or so from a main thoroughfare surrounded by a nice garden and lots of great tea sometimes he will gaze longingly out the window sigh and say something to the effect of all those people are running to and from someplace their minds quickened as they hurry to get something done and in that state they don't realize that such peace lies just 50 feet away. Just a simple right turn and they could share this calm joy. And then when they returned to all those jobs that needed done, they would be better workers, parents or students, having found a bit of calm intention to approach the day. Don't miss the right turn, my friend. The real quietude found between the spaces any spiritual practice of any kind anywhere under any teacher must begin fundamentally with a bit of quiet time and yet there is a deeper state that we must achieve in which the quiet is within our actions this is aptly expressed in the zen adage that it is easy to have peace in moments of inactivity It is hard to find it in activity but the peace and wisdom within activity are true peace and wisdom the true Tao is in the movement of all our experiences and we must learn to be quiet even when everything is noisy we do this by learning internal quietude at the same time as we learn to shut off the outside world this is why reading a book or writing in a journal, though practice in external quiet is not usually as powerful a practice as tea is. With tea, we are indeed active, pouring, steeping, and sipping on the outside, and even accepting and digesting on the inside. However, there is a great opportunity to shut off all the internal noise. Let it drift away naturally as we explore the experience of drinking the tea itself. The more fully aware we are of the moment of the tea, the more we will find the quietness inherent in the tea, or perhaps you could say it will find us. There is no need to really put any effort into quieting the mind. Just practice making the environment still and concentrate on the tea enjoy it drink of it fully notice every nuance of its flavor and aroma travel deeper into the chi in the body and ride those tides to the great silence that is our true nature there is quiet pervading the entire universe even in the remote corners where there is noise stillness is behind all that we do all that we are and Lao Tzu often pointed out it is the space that makes the house useful the empty space in the teapot that allows for the tea and so too must we move through emptiness as we go about our lives he believed that the whole would always be master of any of its parts and resorts to this method of teaching several times Only within space is movement possible, both here on Earth and in the celestial sense. No concept was as important to the early sages as stillness. They believed that a person who could still herself would ultimately become emptiness, allowing all experience to change, to flow through her such a one would be a master of all situations connected to the movement of the whole universe the Tao. and though composed of matter would be like the walls of a house only useful as a vessel for the air of change that breathes through it the way is being open and empty to all experience and thus finding beauty and truth in the most mundane aspects of life Forcing by each moment an unaffected part of ourselves as the whole once we begin shutting off our lives on the outside closing our mouths to all but the tea we will find that the calmness inherent in the tea the world the Tao, will quickly soothe the moment and we will more and more naturally find ourselves okay with this peace As we drink tea in this way each day, we will also find that the quiet we have inspired in our tea ceremonies stays with us longer and longer as we move out into the world. All the reasons that we began drinking tea, seeking quiet and calm in a life of whirling noise and turmoil will begin to be a part of us. Once you have found the quiet that is our true nature, the Tao or Buddha nature or whatever one wishes to call it, then every moment can become a step along the way. Perhaps the mind itself wants calm. Maybe the underlying non-dualism of pure consciousness unoccupied by anything is our natural state. Do we crave the rapture in all that we chase after in the world? Does it come naturally to us once we let go and relax? And could the peace and joy we have always sought be so simple as a cup of tea? I pray you enjoyed that passage from The Way of Tea, Reflections on a Life with Tea by Erin Fisher. That chapter is absolutely my favorite out of that book, but the entire book is has been deeply impactful for me. I have a deep relationship with tea time, tea ceremony. Um, more specific now, it's more of the herbal selection than it is real and true tea but i used to work at a tea shop back in 2017 and my friend cat she was literally like a portal to the deeper understanding and a deeper relationship with tea and she let me borrow this book and i read it and i said i have to buy this book for myself so i can have it and reading that chapter specifically helped me to gain words, to share the deep experience that I've had with time with tea and the deep effects that it has on your mind, your body, your energy, your spirit. And so I hope that in reading that, you come on over to my side and find a deeper relationship with time, with quietude, and time with tea, no matter what type of tea you're drinking. It doesn't have to be a real, true tea. It can be an herbal tea or tisane. That time with that warm beverage, with those leaves, with those herbs, with those roots, seeds, whatever it is, that you find time to pay reverence to those leaves, seeds, roots the water that carries them and the time that you have to go inside to introspect to find the present moment and uh, I suggest everyone get this book even if you're not a true big tea drinker I think that this book is deeply supportive to just reprioritizing the present moment, reprioritizing a way of living and being and seeing time with quiet and with tea as a way to love on your nervous system, as a way to, like he said many times, kind of step out of the rat race, even if it's just for a moment. So I pray that you enjoyed this and I'll be reading to you again soon.